welcome to the Ask Dr. Deanna show. I'm Dr. Deanna Osborne, your host. Join me weekly as I cover various health-related lifestyle medicine topics that you get to request. This show is for anyone who wants to proactively improve their health position. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm glad that you can join me today for the next episode uh, on the Ask Dr. Deanna podcast. Uh, We are talking about healthy hormones today. Um, We've kicked off this year talking about just how to be healthy to the core in 24, and we've covered a variety of topics that have a lot to do with gut health. And last week, I talked a lot about the hormones that that play in uh, with our, um, you know, just our appetite, appetite suppression, uh, cortisol. We talked a lot about those, but I did not get to the reproductive hormones. So I wanted to bring that. So in a sense, it's kind of like a part two from last week. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that today, and then we'll end up finishing the the January series off with a little bit more on intermittent fasting. Specifically, um, next week, we'll be talking about intermittent fasting for the beginner, uh, kind of like a start here. If you have never heard of it, don't know what you're doing, that sort of thing, and we'll kind of guide you. Um, So let's just go ahead and jump right in. So Healthy hormones, my goodness, how many of you have heard somebody say, my hormones are out of whack. I know it's my hormones. And it's because you just don't feel good. Um, You know, maybe cycles are irregular. You're gaining weight. Maybe you're gaining weight around the middle or on the thighs or on the back of the arms. Maybe you're not sleeping well. uh, Or even, you know, if you're in that perimenopausal or or, you know, menopausal phase, maybe you're experiencing intense hot flashes or night sweats. Um, Some of you may be having uh, PMS. You know, I've I've actually had people come to me in the practice before um, who, you know, have said, look, you know, I kind of have a personality change the week right before my menstrual cycle. And because of that, it's interfering with my relationships. I got to do something about this. Um, So this is definitely a hormone thing. Um, What can I do? Sometimes we'll see menstrual migraines, migraine headaches that are happening the week before the menstrual cycle as well. Um, Mood swings that can be all over the place. Um, You know, if you feel like you become irrational the week before your cycle, that's probably PMS. Um, joint pain, believe it or not, can be another symptom uh, that that hormones are kind of out of balance. So there are all these different symptoms that we see. And that list is certainly not exhaustive. That's actually a very, very small list. You can tie almost anything in to a hormone imbalance. And the reason is that all of the hormones work together. They work, you know, our bodies are are absolutely amazing and, you know, things work together. It's not just a one thing, okay? It's not just uh, one thing that's broken. It's, you know, it, it, it all has an impact. So when one thing's not right, it'll have an impact on the others. Um, you know, you could take one hormone such as cortisol, throw it off balance, and it will affect pretty much every hormone in your body. And there are so many different hormones in our bodies, just you know, a few that we mentioned just last week alone. Um, so when we are balanced in our hormones, especially these reproductive hormones, which primarily are um, estrogen, progesterone, 
testosterone, um, you know, cortisol will play in there as well as things like DHEA, which is a precursor to testosterone. But when we are balanced in our hormones and things are the way that they should be, then we should see less of these symptoms, um, you know, less of, um, less or reduced. Okay. I'm not going to say that it's going to go away completely, you know, if you get your hormones balanced, because the reality is hormones change, um, day to day, hour to hour, and they actually will react even if, you know, suddenly, you know, something tremendous has happened uh, in your life, whether it is a trauma, a, a joyful situation, whatever it might be, your hormones change when that happens. So, and, and they're supposed to. And so, so it, it is a very complex, um, you know, process, the whole hormonal system. Uh, but basically what I want to do today is kind of talk a little bit about what I call the hormonal symphony with reproductive hormones. Like how are they supposed to work? What are some of the reasons that they get out of balance? What can we do to kind of bring things back in balance? And uh, we'll kind of end there. You know, how do they work? What's supposed to happen? Well, you know, uh, and 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 for for ease of um, this t- this podcast, I'm primarily speaking to um, women. Okay, I'm primarily primarily speaking to um, you know women of reproductive age or who are in the menopausal uh, postmenopausal kind of phase. So so how they're supposed to work. Typically, um, at the beginning of a woman's cycle, you know, we call that the estrogen phase. And during that phase, estrogen is a growth hormone. Its job is to grow the lining of the uterus so that if the woman gets pregnant, um, that fertilized egg has, in a sense, kind of a nest to implant into. That's really what that is. And so at the beginning of the cycle, you'll see this, you know, higher estrogen levels. About mid-cycle, you'll see a peak in progesterone, um, which is the hormone that's really responsible for ovulation. So if a woman is low in progesterone, doesn't have any progesterone, whatever, chances are she's going to struggle somewhat with ovulation. Uh, That's very much involved in um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, where there are, and in some cases, involved with infertility as well. But so progesterone peaks mid-cycle, and uh, basically... Um, you know, she ends up releasing, um, an, an egg is released. If the egg is fertilized, it will implant. Um, if it is, if, it, you know, if it doesn't, uh, if an, an egg is not fertilized, she's not pregnant, then the progesterone levels will decline and then she'll have a cycle and shed that lining. Okay. That's it. In simple terms, that's really what happens. Um, and testosterone is just sort of a side hormone. We think of testosterone more as a male hormone, uh, but as women, we have that one too. And, um, you know, it's involved in a lot of other things as well, but, but primarily estrogen and progesterone, when we look at those two, those are the two that just really work hand in hand. If one gets out of balance, then, then, you know, you're kind of a mess. So how, how do they get out of balance? Well, um, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is um, the estrogenation or, or, or just basically too much estrogen in our system. And so what we know is that there are a lot of chemicals, um, a lot of things in our environment, in our food supply, et cetera, that basically cause us to, they're, they're called xenohormones or false hormones. They're not really hormones, but they act like a hormone. They send a message like hormones. Sometimes these things are in personal care products. Um, you know, again, could be in foods that we eat, whatever. But basically, it, it sort of makes our estrogen levels higher than what they should be. Likewise, if 
if a woman has low progesterone, they're just not, the progesterone levels are not functioning the way that they should, um, then in that case, they're going to be off balance and it's going to seem like they have high estrogen uh, or this the ratio um, of estrogen to progesterone, which is a very important ratio, becomes out of balance and that can give some of these symptoms as well. So it's from, you know, diet, from lifestyle, from exposures, uh, from personal care products. You know, I can remember many, many years ago, um, listening to a, an endocrinologist um, who was talking about a study. And the study was on personal care products used by teenagers, so high schoolers. And it was primarily looking at makeup, at cosmetics that were just, you know, over-the-counter things or whatever. And they, they did test, and they tested the blood levels and the urine levels for these girls in high school. And they found really high concentrations of these chemicals that they put in this class of xenohormones. And, and basically what the endocrinologist said was, these are hormone disruptors, okay? They are going to cause a problem with this whole hormone cascade, this hormone symphony. And many of these women will go on and they'll actually struggle with infertility. Uh, because one of the things we know is that a lot of hormones, things that we're exposed to, uh, end up being stored in the ovaries. Just like for a guy, it might end up being stored, you know, in the testes. Uh, and and so, you know, when you think about um, all of those, you know, there was this all these lawsuits on, um, you know, t talc powder or whatever causing ovarian cancer and that sort of thing. And so this was powder that people were using externally, but yet it was getting inside and it was landing in the ovary and causing problems there. So it does matter. It matters what products we use. It matters that we are, are using clean products um, instead of, you know, products that have a lot of chemicals that, that are not natural uh, and that are going to potentially cause, you know, deleterious health effects down the road. Um, but so, so again, having too much estrogen, too little progesterone, stress, can play in there and stress primarily plays in uh, because if you are really stressed out, your cortisol levels will increase and that is going to have an impact on your, uh, your sex hormones or your reproductive hormones. Our bodies will use progesterone to make cortisol. So we'll deplete our progesterone levels just to make cortisol. So let's look at a scenario. Let's say that a woman's body is incredibly stressed. Maybe it's emotional stress. Um, maybe she's a you know a, a world class athlete and she's very very thin, and there's some physical th stress on that body. A lot of times, those people in those circumstances may not even have a menstrual cycle. Why is that? A lot of times, it's because the body is stressed, and the body knows it is not a good time to get pregnant. Okay, this is not the healthiest environment for pregnancy. And so you'll skip a cycle, you know, or maybe you'll have an anovulatory cycle where you're just not ovulating because the timing is not right for your body to support that pregnancy. Um, so again, this is where stress plays in. Stress has a huge impact. Uh, and then also, if your weight is not uh, at a stable weight, if your BMI, your body mass index is really elevated, you know, that can play a role as well. Uh, believe it or not, we can make excess estrogen from our fat cells, okay? This is one of the reasons um, that oftentimes when 
uh, women are going through menopause, um, that super, super thin woman going through menopause might experience, you know, more hot flashes um, than somebody who's got a little extra weight. And the reason is that the person with the extra weight has a little extra estrogen, um, you know, as they're going through menopause, whereas the thin person, their fat doesn't really have a lot of extra estrogen. And so they have more of a light switch kind of phenomenon where suddenly the ovaries stop working and you flip the switch off and all of a sudden their body's reacting and they're having what we call vasomotor instability, which is basically, um, you know, going to cause some hot flashes. So, so these are issues. So what do we do? What's the best thing to do? How do we get things back in balance? How do we make it through these phases of life? Um, and you got to understand that there, you know, these are phases. You know, there is the, the you know, pre-puberty phase. There's the puberty phase. There is the um, reproductive phase. There's the perimenopausal phase. There's the menopausal phase. And then the postmenopausal phase. That's a lot of phases, right? And, um, you know, it can definitely have an impact overall. So what I typically tell patients is, you know, let's start out, let's see where you are. Let's get some hormone levels. And there are many ways to get hormone levels. You can start, um, you know, I like saliva testing. I also do blood testing though, but at the very, you know, core, at the very basics, um, I would definitely get um, some an estradiol level, estrogen level, um, progesterone level, as well as testosterone. Uh, I like to check cortisol and DHEA as well because that kind of gives me a better idea. If the person is perimenopausal um, or postmenopausal, then I might add um, an FSH or an LH. Those are um, follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. That just kind of gives us an idea of how are these ovaries functioning. So those are some of the basic tests that we'll see. Uh, and then, you know, in terms of how do I balance this out, it really boils down to, number one, lifestyle management. Okay, so how do I reduce stress and take care of myself and make sure that I'm doing, you know, that I'm not overdoing it? Most of the time, um, most women, I think women especially, you know, you've got young children, um, it's just easy to be burning you know, the candle at both ends and have complete and total exhaustion or, you know, sometimes we'll call that adrenal fatigue or burnout. Um, so lifestyle becomes a big part of that. Part of that lifestyle is also diet. What we're eating matters and don't ever underestimate the impact of gut health on pretty much everything in the body. So when we look at gut health, you know, if the gut is thrown out of balance, if you've got some you know, gut, what we call dysbiosis, that's a fancy term for out of balance, uh, or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth where you've got, you know, bacteria in the wrong place uh, in the intestines or, or whatever, then, you know, that's going to have an impact on hormones as well. And so we really, really want to be mindful of that with diet. And so that means eating, you know, a lot of vegetables and eating some fermented foods, taking some probiotics, digestive enzymes. You pretty much know if you've got a digestive component because you probably have some symptoms. And believe it or not, one out of four people in the U.S. has to take some sort of um, you know, medication that's over the counter for whether it's indigestion, reflux, or some kind of GI upset or some kind of the GI system's not functioning properly. If we could fix the GI system, it would make such a difference. Uh, fixing it comes down to diet most of the time. Eliminating sugar. Sugar's going to, you know, 
cause inflammation in the gut. Gluten a lot of times will cause inflammation in the gut. If you're sensitive to dairy, that's going to cause inflammation in the gut. And certainly glyphosate or Roundup that's mass sprayed on much of our grain is going to cause inflammation in the gut. Inflammation in the gut is going to lead to leaky gut. Uh, And then because of the leaky gut, now you've got malabsorption where the food I put in, my body's not absorbing the nutrients from it. And it's this whole cycle of this is messed up and then this is messed up and then this is messed up. And you guys, it is all connected. Okay. So anything and everything we can do to heal that up is going to help improve that. So in addition to lifestyle, diet, um, sometimes in my practice, I will use um, some bioidentical hormone therapies. Um, Those are usually compounded uh, hormones, uh, very much like what your body makes um, to basically help balance a person out. Doesn't mean they're going to be on them forever. Um, You know, it they might need a little bit of progesterone during the um, period in which, you know, their reproductive cycles, whatever, during the perimenopause, it might be a combination of things. Um, but that's, it's never one size fits all. And so there are different hormonal therapies that we use for different reasons, I guess I would say. But the main objective is to balance things out and help you to, to be healthy and happy and basically just be able to, um, to function, uh, to not have the irritability, to not have the mood swings, to not have the hot flashes, to be able to sleep well, and to live a happy, healthy, and vibrant life. So, so that's a little bit on hormones, okay? Just a small snippet. It is so complex, you guys. We could seriously do an entire year just on hormones. That's how much you know how much there is in there. Um, but I hope that this has been helpful and maybe given you a few tools, a few things to look at, to consider um, ways in which you might be able to improve your overall health. And I hope you'll join me next week as we uh, venture back into intermittent fasting. This will be intermittent fasting for the beginner, uh, just start here type of thing uh, to help them understand what it is and why we do it and all of that. So thanks so much for joining me today. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed that episode. For more information, visit me at deannaosborne.com. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. Deanna Osborne. I really want to hear from you, so message me. I love taking your messages and creating topics from them. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share my show with those who have an interest in health and wellness. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.